Our next guest needs no introduction. Well, you kind of do. You have been absent for a couple of years. <laughs> I, nevertheless, I nevertheless, everyone, if you know me, by the way, Turin Giants podcast number 222, welcome back. And if you're new, you're about to be introduced to the dulcet, sweet voice of my friend, my brother, Giovanni. Also known as Uncle Gio. How you doing, buddy? Long time no see. I know. I'm, I'm doing good. Um, it's been a minute. You know, I've just been really busy. I had to take a little bit of a step back from the podcast. Um, you know, just work, life stuff. But, you know, good to, good to be back. That's awesome, man. A little back history here. Um, this is how easy, I always say, this is how easy to become a part of this podcast. Literally met Giovanni at a bar watching you today. And he's like, oh, I like your podcast. I'm like, oh, awesome. You want to be a co-host? That's it. That's literally the requirement to be on the podcast. Just tell me you like it. I'm such a... <laughs> I only kid. Jo- Giovanni earned his stripes. And, and, and it shows because when I posted the, uh, the tweet or an X uh, uh, announcing his, his, his little return, uh, people are excited. People are, hey, there's nothing but nice words. And, you know, welcome back. And uh, that you're a, you're a great listen. So... Anything anything you want to say, man? Welcome back. Missed you, bro. Uh, you know, again, good to be back. Uh, as Farhad mentioned, just big fan of the podcast when he started it. You know, this was, I don't even know, you might remember the years, but there really wasn't anything around for you, Ben. 2017. I even At brought my own book. Like after the first Scudetto, I think that's when you moved from LA to Chicago, something along yes, those lines. But yeah. you know, there was pretty much like nothing around. I would listen to Italian sports radio through the internet, and that was that's how I got my fix of you know talk talk shows and talk radio around uh, you know about Juventus. And when I found out that there was a podcast about it, I started listening to it. I'm like, oh. Dude's pretty good. Awesome. It's a, it's and then big... it turns out that like he's actually in Chicago and he just moved and it, he's a real life person. And I went That's to him awesome. and said, Hey, this is I like your podcast. And he asked me to join him. I said, Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. I'm into this. I appreciate you, man. Dude, you've been honestly, when you told me this, this summer that you'll be a little, you know, corporate life took over, but my boy is so big. He got himself an assistant now. So uh <laughs> there will be a little more giovanni in your life but enough of this little circle jerk over here um a lot to discuss there's obviously um a new season new juve um you know what what i want to do first i have this thing pulled up here as always you know me i'm a geography nerd and i and i, and I love finding out about the fans and about the listeners about our podcast um, let's go through top 10 of the listeners for the last week. Giovanni, I want you to tell me this, the countries that you actually have visited out of this top 10. How about that? Sure. All right, let's go. Number 11. I have to, I have to start with number 11, Turkey. Number 11, Turkey. Ecuador, Nothing. number 10. Oh, Nothing. sorry. You, you've never been to Ash- uh, Amsterdam. You've never been to Istanbul? No, but a buddy of mine said that it's gorgeous. It looks pretty awesome. And, you know, very, like, I'm a big, I, I enjoy history. So I'd love to go there. I like the food too. So, hey, I'm, I'm yeah, down. I, 
there's a there's an Istanbul slash Baku trip in our future, bro. I I need to take it to my to my hometown. It's a uh, those two those two those two cities together. It's that's a hell of a trip right there. I've seen I've seen pictures of the architecture of the food of mm. the ladies. I'm there, man. <laughs> Giovanni loves the ladies, loves the food, and loves to travel. It's it's it's, it's a it's a what do you call it? It's a no um, no brainer right there. Anyways, number eleven, Turkey. You've never been. Ecuador, number ten. Okay. Never been. Switzerland. My parents are there actually right now. You've been? Yep. When nice. I was a kid, um, and it's really not far from Italy. So yeah. Yeah. You ever been to Matterhorn? Mm-mm. Ah, that's what I call my. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> Germany number eight. You must have been to Germany, no? Um, only the airport. Um, but I definitely want to go there because I have a German buddy that uh plays on my rugby team, and he's in a frat, and apparently German frats are <laughs> different than American frats. So I'm very curious about the life there. How do you how do you still have friends who are frat fraternities, dude? <laughs> Because uh, I guess you're in a fraternity for life. I don't know, but they take oh, it. Oh, I see. Cool. I thought they're still in college in the fraternity. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no he's going to say Giovanni hangs out with 19 year old accounting guy. And he loves his frat, and apparently it's like 400 years old or six up. Oh, I don't know. It's very old frat. Uh, Euros are next year in Germany. So there's a couple of trips that I'm kind of weighing. So that might take an L, I, but I do really want to go to Euro, especially in Germany. Always wanted, always wanted to visit. Anyways, moving on. Number six, Sweden. I'd go to Sweden. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never been, uh, but I definitely have an affinity for like Nordic countries. I like the fact that they're clean, they're chill. I'm up for it. You love to drink. Next up, ooh, speaking of drinking, Australia. I haven't been, but. I mean, I'll go. It's a really long trip. It's a really, really long trip. <laughs> I feel like, you know, there's about 7,000 things that could kill me, it's like, <laughs> in nature out there. So, but, you know, whatever. It is, it is a fact. Everyone goes. I mean, that's, that's a two-week thing right there, you know. And us Americans, we don't have, we have little crumbles of, of, of vacation time. So two weeks is kind of difficult, but man, everyone, everyone goes and loves it. People, women, they're all just so fun. Moving on. United Kingdom, number five. Oh, I've been. I, 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 I enjoy London. London's a fun trip. I love London. London, London is like a very ancient Chicago. London reminded me of Chicago a lot. Um, really? okay. yeah, yeah. The way people, the way people dress, the way people act, it's sort of like, Kind of nonchalant if you if you know where to go. Number four, of course, you may you must have been in Canada, right? Yes, uh, America's yes. hat. Well, I love Montreal. Super fun. So yeah, I mean Canadians may be my top five favorite people. Just the coolest dudes, coolest girls. United States number three. How is the United States going to come in top three or number three in a, in a Juventus podcast in America? Come on, y'all. Things are getting interesting now. Number two, you will never guess. I'll give you first two letters. You'll never guess who it is. B A. Bahrain. 
Yes. Yeah, it is Bahrain. I mean, I, I guess I could have given you the first letter. But anyway, but how crazy is that, right? Bahrain, you don't really hear about Bahrain that much. But thank you guys so much for listening. And number one, Saudi Arabia. I know our boy is flourishing there, huh? Ronaldo. What, what do you think about the Ronaldo thing? Let's get let's get to the interesting stuff. Let's get to Juve. Juve. So Ronaldo takes his talents to Saudi Arabia. What do you what what's what's your feeling? Yeah, I mean the Saudi Pro League has become the you know topic of the day, right? Um look, it's the, the Saudi government and the investment arm is doing a lot to, um, you know, just to raise the appeal of the country and its status just beyond, you know, the economy. And football is a way to do it. Like it's the most watched sport. It's the most liked sport. It's the most adopted sport. It makes sense. They're bringing. What about what about Ronaldo there? What about that that? The, I mean, the he's the I mean, deal of that. You you know he's a massive brand. We know it at Juventus. We saw what it did to our revenue and the Instagram. And so it makes sense that they would invest in Ronaldo. But you know they're also investing in other in other stars. the The question is like, will it will it stick? Because I know they did that in China, um, and it didn't. Uh, I think it to has... Be fair, to be fair, dude, China was nowhere near this. They may have gotten a couple of people. I remember Oscar going there. Uh, um, I remember Hulk. They, were, they, were, they were getting a lot of folks that were kind of in their prime, right? Uh, around the time Bitzel had gone and then come back. Like mm. Without getting into, getting into like the details of like why yeah. it didn't work there and why it could work in Saudi Arabia, I think that... You know, they definitely have a different blueprint. They certainly have a blueprint of what not to do. Um, and it's also completely like a different socioeconomic, um, you know, situation. Um, so it will be interesting. Uh, I think it, it will certainly develop um, the um, just inter- sports entertainment at the very least in the region. Um, it will, you know, you know, improve those teams when it comes to like the you know, Asian continental tournaments. It remains to be seen if it becomes a draw, like the, a little bit more like, you know, something like the MLS. I think the MLS is starting to get a little bit more established, but it's been around like what, almost three decades now. Yeah. Uh, it's been, yeah, since the 90s. So we'll see. Um, I'm just watching it with interest and uh, let's see how it goes. Yeah, certainly like his charisma and his way of selling his his brand is I mean, Messi is nowhere near that. I don't think I, I think Messi did the right thing by coming to the US. He's just kind of a zero, isn't he? As far as PR, Messi no, can I didn't know, say that, man. Look, I, I was listening to um ESPN and uh, I believe since Messi has joined, he's increased ticket revenues within the MLS by something like $256 million. And he's not been around that much. Um, he I know, but, 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 but that, you know, Ronaldo, sorry, dude, Ronaldo was going to do that anyway. Talk to me about like what Messi could do in Saudi Arabia. I feel like as, as, as far as a brand, Ronaldo is just so much more powerful. Um, I think he markets himself a lot more. 
than Messi does. He's, you know, Messi's more of a quiet dude. And, you know, I mean, he's got his endorsements. He does his thing. But he's certainly, I would say, less charismatic than Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, you know, but he definitely has, obviously, his draw. Otherwise, the MLS would not have come up with this very creative type of, you know, agreement to bring him over and pay him. You know, because he's certainly skirting, skirting whatever, um, you know, salary cap rule that the U.S. has. Yeah, so. you think? <laughs> That's nuts, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, but it's been kind of fun to watch both of them, both, both of the leagues uh, during summer. Um, yeah, crazy stuff happening, man. I've Speaking of that. I have watched any of the messy games. I mean, I'll catch a highlight if it comes up. Oh, yeah. And I haven't watched the Saudi Pro League. Look, man, I can barely watch Serie A that I like, let alone anything else. So forget Amen. about it. Amen. Dude. What was the last time you went to Italy? Um, it was, uh, I think, before the pandemic. And only because the pandemic happened. Uh, and then when... Oh, that was we the year when we bought Ronaldo, no? Yep. And then the, and then afterwards, right? Like just, I, I had other trips, like people were getting married all over the place. And so, uh, yeah, just, I, what I did is I went to Spain and I went to France because I had a buddy getting married out there. So I haven't had a chance to go back, but likely, I don't know. I might go in the spring. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, by yeah. the way, by, by the way, speaking of that, let me tell you guys. When you open an official fan club of Juventus, which Giovanni and I share, that's our baby, you have to deal with Italian websites. And let me tell you, Juventus, you need to step up your, your internet architectural game because, I mean, su su submitting paperwork to be, everything is fine. We're official. Uh, we're, you know, if you're, by the way, if you're listening in Chicago, there's a new club in town. Please reach out to us. Um, we're, we're starting to connect all the members and, and, you know, submit their information, but man, dealing with anything paperwork in Italian is just a pain. They had me resubmit everything five, six times and they're really nice about it. Don't get me wrong, but just the antiquated system of doing it is insane. And, and I had help. I had a lot of help and it still took me couple of weeks to do it because it's just you know I've, I've told the story when i was sending something to marquisio and that that the ups disaster that happened the the old ups disaster as i call it but anyways if you're in chicago you want to come hang out with me giovanni a, few, a bunch of other people Look, uh, it's, it's, it's a really it's a really cool uh, group of people i'm really looking forward to our first empoli game yeah and, and let me ha let me just like just do a quick sidebar just based on that, right? So here's what really like lights me up, right? Uh, about Serie A and, and, and Italy. Everybody complains that, oh, look, the Saudi Pro League is coming and oh, what a shame. The money is coming in the way of, of sports. And this, this is a listen, man, this is sports entertainment. If you can't even set up the infrastructure to accommodate who your customers and clients are, 
to do something as simple as directly support you as a fan club, if you can't even come to an agreement on how and where to build the stadium and how to provide good entertainment, you cannot complain that the EPL has run away with, with all the money. And you can't complain that the Bundesliga is doing that. You can't complain that Lali because it is a problem that we can't provide just basic, bare bones, bare bones right? and, and expectations, right? Like this. I is, will show. I will show you the website. You will not believe it. Like stuff. I trust me. I believe it. Like I. I, I like like if you, I, the bureaucracy there is terrible. Yeah. If you, if I, I, I literally would make one mistake and to go back or to reload the page, you would have to start the process over. And I would be like, it's 2023. I mean, we, we have technology that is, it's just, it's not, it's from what I'm thinking, it's not because they can't, just because they don't want to. So it's a shame. It's a shame. You're right. Uh, you, you, you mentioned Bundesliga. I saw yesterday that Bayern Munich has sold out the stadium for the last 11 seasons. There hasn't been a single game that was not a sellout. I mean, it's, it's different stadium culture, I'll say that. But you know what? It's, it's something that can be developed, right? We, I, I remember growing up, stadiums were always packed. And yeah, you know, it's a little bit more expensive. A lot of folks are complaining about um, you know, the prices at the stadium and, uh, you know, there's also some animosity, I guess, between the club and the organized fan groups. But I, I like, I'm sorry, like the, at this point, if you want your club to be able to have the income from, um, merchandising, from stadium sales and stuff like that, you need to make it an entertainment venue. You need to make people want to get off from their very comfortable homes and chairs and seats to, you know, commute over to the stadium, enjoy the stadium, exactly, dedicate six hours of their Sundays before work, and then, you know, come back. If you can't guarantee a stadium experience where you're not dealing with, you know, a-holes that are chanting racist stuff or stupid stuff or stuff like that, then, you know, you're, you're not meeting the basic needs straight yeah. up. And it's a, and, and some of us Juve fans, not me, of course, I never miss a game, but some of us sometimes choose to miss a two hour game and do something else. Imagine people coming to the stadium. You know, I always say if, if you're a sports franchise or any sport, you're not allowed to lose at home. So the way you've been, you have been doing things is just unacceptable, especially the last couple of seasons. Like Juve Stadium used to be a fortress. And aside from all the problems getting there and paying for stuff and all that, you know, you're not allowed to lose. And yeah, anyways, yeah, I mean, Italy. performance is a separate story, right? You know, if you, if the stadium provides you all of the basics, right? The basic expectations of going to a stadium with by yourself with your friends with your family or your boo whatever and then the team doesn't perform that's a separate story right like i can agree with you and then you can go take your you know your 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 money elsewhere but 
a lot of places, and, and I'm not making this a conversation about Juve because I think Juve probably provides one of the, uh, you know, better stadiums and amenities out there in Italy. It's just the rest of the league. And so when you're having issues selling your, you know, your, 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 your league package because it's not a great product, you need to unpack what the root causes are and you need to be able to try to figure out a solution for it. And how about, how about this for, to start with, how about Paramount? I'm speaking as a subscriber from the United States. How about Paramount or Paramount Plus that, that streams the UVA games changes the definition from 720p to 10, 1080? The problem right? is, like, is, uh, like, is, is, that, is that too much to ask in 2023 that we're not watching it in HD? And I think if, and if I'm making it, though, from the uh, from so the if I understand correctly, it mm-hmm. is the Lega Serie A has all of the cameras and equipment and hardware. Um, they're the one. They're the boots on the ground. Mm. Paramount is just buying the feed. I see. So they're okay, just not Paramount. Yeah, but it's not about Paramount, and it goes back again to why isn't there specific investments into the product? Why aren't you yeah. making it easier and the product better so that you can sell it at a higher price and so that you can attract more talent? This is a management problem. It ain't the clubs. And trust me, Juventus is all about trying to make as much money as they can. Let's be honest. But if the rest of the clubs don't get with the program, Forget about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and I had just remembered the fact I, I, I messaged uh, Matteo Bonetti, who's like the sweetest guy. He's the commentator for uh, Paramount Plus. I never thought he would answer, but I was like, is there any way, since you're a commentator, you must talk to the producers. Is there any way you can pass a message that us fans, you know, it, it takes me personally out of the experience. If the commentator sounds like shit, and unless it's um, Matteo Bonetti and Jack Cordero, they sound like they're sitting on the toilet. And I may, I'm not the only one who says that. So I, I wrote to him, it's like, dude, it's all from Italy. And you just con- confirmed that. It's basically, there's nothing we can do about it, man. And that sucks. I actually listen to the audio feed when I do watch it live. I listen to the audio feed in Italian. Nice. Yeah. How did you still listen to AM FM? Uh, that would I make mean, no sense because it's a new. Yeah, I mean, I, if I would listen to it via streaming. Uh, I do listen to the sports talk shows on streaming. Gotcha. Um, if know, if if any of our listeners want to catch a, a Italian feed, well, where would you recommend they go? Um, I I listen to Radio Sportiva. You can find it on TuneIn. It's you know, it's just like you know the the main. Sports radio, gotcha. it's nationally um, syndicated, right? Um, I, I like the fact that they have like pretty good guests, and some of them are partisan, others are are not. And but that's the fun about like listening to to like Italian sports shows. It, it yeah, makes, yeah, we'll never compared to you know you, you, they try not to like show their fandom, but it bleeds through, and I think that's the entertaining part of it at least for me i love it man yeah no you're right it's uh the authentic experience is, is really cool too 
All right. Speaking of national teams, which we kind of weren't, but <laughs> let's uh, let's get a couple of words, couple of couple of thoughts from you about Spalletti and our new. First of all, Mancini going to Saudi Arabia. We mentioned Saudi Arabia. I guess that's Saudi Arabia kind of shot up in our um, listener ranks through you know osmosis, Italy, Mancini. Um, first of all, let's let's talk about. Do you feel like any of the success will be there, Saudi Arabia? Obviously, you don't know, but what's your opinion of Mancini going there? I mean, it's a tall order um, for him to have success, but I mean, he was able to win a premiership with Man City since, you know, I don't think they had won a premiership before him. So um, let's see. Uh, I, you know, I don't, he made a business decision. Uh, it's, it's tough because ultimately, right, like, let's just cut through the BS. I mean, he received a massive offer. It's hard to say no to that, um, all things considered. Um, and he had already achieved what I would say was, was a very surprising result in England at the Euros. And, and then he missed out on the World Cup. And, 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 you know, how do you, like, it's so hard to kind of justify that for a country like Italy to miss out on the World Cup two years in a row. Like, yeah. I, there's, there's like, there's probably kids that are going to be maybe 18. And there will be, and that will be the first time they, they would have seen Italy in a World Cup if they qualify for the, you know, the next World Cup. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. And, you know, while with Ventura, everybody like went and used him as the scapegoat, they didn't necessarily do that with Mancini, I think, because he had that clout of having won the Euro. But otherwise, I mean, he, he failed. He failed. He really failed. So, yeah. Well, let's see what Spalletti can do. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of sentences here from our buddy Rav's website, footitalia.com. Uh, please support our, our brother because he's, you know, he's doing it with his friend for free. So, uh, let's, let's show some support, footitalia.com. And I love it because I don't really go anywhere else for other teams news. So it's nice to see other, you know, Serie A news. And there's a whole, I mean, the whole list of teams that you can, um, you can get some news from. But anyways. Uh, uh, so, uh, the FIGC have officially confirmed Luciano Spalletti, Spalletti's Azzurri staff list, which includes jo uh, legendary goalkeeper Gigi Buffon. Uh, former Napoli boss Spalletti is set to be officially announced as a new Italy coach on Saturday, and Italian football's governing, uh, governing body have released a statement confirming the details of the presentation and the, the presentation and the said um, confirmation is on the website. Please go check it out. What do you think? Buffon being there is pretty good, right? I mean, Buffon was hired before Spalletti was. They confirmed mm. that. Um, he was part of Mancini's staff, and he's the team manager. I mean, he's just... I mean, it, I, I, I don't want to diminish the role, uh, but it's one that I think it doesn't have a ton of, like, executive power terms of like the pecking pecking order of like the coaching staff so it's more or less to have 
a liaison between the players and the coaches and somebody that the players feel comfortable with and, you know, discussing issues or whatever, right? So, you know, that's good for Buffon. Uh, I mean, he's a likable guy. We all <laughs> love him. You know, um, Buffon will be like the most childish one doing rock, paper, scissors competitions and playing cards and shit like that. Exactly. And and that's that's what he's there for, right? Um, as far as Spalletti being uh, hired as coach, I think he's the best that we could select um, internally, right? Uh, Ancelotti yeah. was already signed up for Brazil, right? Had Ancelotti been available, I, you know, I think you could have, you could have tried to work something out, although it's complicated because he, he's still at Real Madrid. And so he would have to free himself up next year after, you know, some other coaches gotten us to the Euros. Uh, so that's a complication right there, but I think Spalletti will be good. Um, he's, he's a seasoned coach. He, all of his teams have shown, you know, really good propensity for, you know, fun football. Let's just see what the talent is in Italy, right? Like all the Italian players, let's see them gel together. Let's see them show up. Let's see them not, you know, crumble when it really counts, right? They did it at the Euros, but they couldn't do it to get us to the World Cup. I, you know, again, I, I, the coach, has a uh, has a hand in the team but it's, it's the most of the work is done by the players i do like it he's you know he's a young man's coach you can see he's in touch with the young people and uh italian players are always usually well always is not usually but they're they're usually a little more um uh on the on the infantile side so it's it's nice i think there's going to be a good camaraderie at the uh, at the national team, I do like him too as a as a coach. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I saw. <laughs> I saw, sorry. Let me just mention. I saw not too long ago the the gif of him trying to get the handshake from Allegri, and I feel like it's one of the greatest moments in Italian football, even though it was against my team. But Allegri was being a little biatch about that, you know, losing five five one, and Spalletti just follows him into the tunnel. I think this was hilarious. That's I mean, the guy we need to win the World Cup. Spalletti knew what he was doing and Allegri <laughs> knew what he was doing. And I mean, they're from the same region in Italy. I think philosophically, they're a little bit different in the styles of um, their teams, right? Um, Allegri, the, the, he, the, prag the pragmatist till death, whereas Spalletti, you know, he's the guy, all of his, I think a lot of his teams their center forward or one of their forward has always won the couple Canunieri. I think Totti won when Spalletti was the coach there. Osiman did it, you know. Uh, it's just wow, Spalletti. I'm I'm very like, you know, I'm I'm glad that he won. Um, you know, I think it's a good culmination of the of his career. Um and he had only I think only one in Russia. So good for him. I wish him luck because if he's able oh, to he coach Zeni, yeah, he coached oh, Zeni. Um, yeah. you know, if he's able to succeed, then it means that Italy will do well in the Euros and the World Cup, and that's going to be great. So awesome, man! We mentioned Gianluigi Buffon, and I uh, preparation for this podcast. I kind of didn't want to put you on the spot, but I didn't want to. I did want to find out from you what your 
GG moment is. Everyone has like a hundred. But there's there's this one that may stick out in your head. Talk to us. You know, Buffon retired a couple months ago or like a month ago or so. Uh, we did a tribute to him on this podcast, but I didn't want to mention your side of the story with, with Gigi. Uh, man, so I'll tell you this. I remember when um, Gigi Buffon came to Juve, it was right after uh, Edwin van der Sar left, right? Um, and before van der Sar, we had Peruzzi, who, you know, in the minds of some of the older fans, I say older fans, but, you know, beginning of the 90s if you were watching Juventus he was he was our guy he was our goalkeeper he's a goalkeeper of the Champions League mm -hmm. um, mad respect for him and it was kind of sad when I was a little bit I was very sad when um, he left Juve to go to Inter with Lippi and you know we got Van der Sar Van der Sar was an accomplished goalkeeper um, in Europe at the time and I thought he was going to be a great replacement but then he he was more known for some uh, some crucial mistakes um with Juve that kind of you know made us lose some you know the scudetto well and it's not only on him i'm not putting it on on van der Schott, but he you know there were some mistakes that he made and so we were really hungry for he's some, he's not remembered kindly i think no exactly he's not remembered kindly so when buffon came he was the young hotshot goalie and I was I was very excited for him, and I'm glad that he stayed as long as he stayed um, with with Juve. You know, very charismatic guy, um, fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, personally, I, it's so hard to justify giving a Ballon d'Or to uh, a non-field player, but if there's anybody that deserved it um, as a goalkeeper. It's definitely Buffon. Came in third at the age of 40 or something like that. 30, 30 something. Our, our favorite nerds will correct me, but he was like almost 40 when he got his. Uh, there was Ronaldo, Messi, and, um, and Buffon. Imagine being no, that. Oh, I think it was, I think it would have been around two, the, the, when he may have been even close to top three or top five with Ballon d'Or. Should have been in 2006 after the World Cup, and I think Cannavaro beat him out. Um, I don't know who who the who the final order was. Well, I, I have a I have it pulled up here. Um, uh, Cannavaro first, Buffon second. You're right. Thierry Henry third, Ronaldinho fourth. Wow. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's definitely before I, the Ronaldo Messi. But he did come in again. Um, crap. Well. That's where the audience comes in. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he did he did go very far in the Ronaldo slash Messi era. Um, <laughs> I'll join. He takes a sip. Um, but tell me, like, is there is there a save? Is there a moment? Is there something? As we wrap up this podcast, we uh, we promised each other kind of keep it short. But I'm so glad to catch up with you. Is there any moment that like like made you made you feel like millions of UF fans. Like that's that's our guy. Um, right there. Give me you know give what? me a good save or something. So it's definitely not a save and it's also not a great memory. But it I I'll go back to the post game interview against um 
when we lost to Real Madrid at the last I know what you're say. penalty, right? Um, when he had that post game interview where he essentially said what all the fans said, or we're thinking rather, right? Like I, you know, as the captain of the team, should he have done it? I can't go back and rehash whether it was good or not. Maybe he should have. Somebody should have been like, you know what? Why don't you go stay in the locker room an extra 10, 15 minutes before going out to talk to the media? Um, but what I appreciated is his candor, right? Of just saying what he felt in his heart as the captain of Juventus and as somebody who has Juventus in his DNA. He, he spoke out what we all felt. It was the a famous, the famous trash can. Yeah. It's like he has a trash can instead of a heart. I, you know, and, and, Maybe it's a very divisive take, right? To kind of summarize his, um, you know, his very long illustrious career. Like I can't, I can't pick one save because there's too many. Um, but I can, I pick that moment out because it shows what Buffon truly is as a person yeah. and what he's meant, um, you know, to us and what Juventus meant to him. For a professional like him to go out and publicly say what he said and do what he did and he even he even took what did he you know like a suspension for it right I, to me it shows like if he's not a juventino i don't know who else is yeah right? especially in that moment my, my favorite moment is i'm just i was gonna say montari go but uh uh tell me better save zidane 2006 world cup final or inzaghi champions league final the World Cup. That's the what World a lot Cup. of people say. But technically, my favorite one is the Inzaghi one. I don't know why. But but why? Tell me why. Because it meant so much for the country, and um, you know, and it goes beyond uh, you know your club and whatnot. It, it, he like he unified everybody. Like ultimately, like let's put let's not BS around. Like Italy wins when Juventus has really good Italian players and and. And, you know, and at that, at that point, there is no Napoli fan, no Roma fan, no Milan, no Inter, everybody. They, they forget that they're Juve players, right? They'll berate them forever and ever in between the World Cup and the Euros. But at that point, that Juve player that everybody is, you know, dumping on, he's, he's king. He's but, king. So. But technically, which save was better? Point blank header or another point blank header? <laughs> no, to me it was the, to me it was the Zidane one, and especially because Zidane is a killer with his headers, especially in the World yeah. Cup. I mean, he destroyed Brazil with two headers in '98. So, and oh my God, was, yeah, it's uh, those two for me. I always I, I I don't know. I'm gonna I might start asking people this on a podcast. I'm, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a set of questions. We kind of, kind of did it last season, and I loved it because, you know, I'm asking uh, Romero Agresti like what he does on summers off, or like you know some fun stuff. I may start asking people Zidane's uh, their favorite save in Zaghi or Buffon or uh, Zidane. Um, people forget that Zidane too was a Juve player. He was my favorite Juve player growing up. Like he just generally like Zidane is one of, if not my favorite football player. Like definitely top yeah. three. Like he's magical. a he's what you call a demigod. 
he's he's in a demigod of of football. I, there's we should we should throw a list together. We should throw a list of like gods, demigods, legends, and just best generational players. Because there's you know there's always fun activity and fun fun stuff. I'm always about. down. I'm always down for that because I know it draws debates, and I love debating stuff. I love folks, it you know, for sure. So. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, podcast when there's you know more than just the two of us, the OGs. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's it's just a weird time to record right now. It's yeah. seven thirty p.m. You know, uh, but we do what we can for you guys. I honestly, hand to my heart, you can see it. By the way, you can catch this on YouTube as well. Uh, I did no introductions. I did no. Please go to TurinGiants.com. We have a new collection of No Pirlo, No Party. We have uh, we have stickers from that collection. We have stickers from Buffon. I'll be releasing more Buffon stuff. Please check out TurinGiants.com. I know after this podcast, it, it gives a boost whenever I say it. So I apologize for my shameless plug. But um, yeah, we'll have more. We'll have more people on and we'll do more fun debates and stuff like that. Um, I was one last thing I wanted to say is going back to, Z, to the Zidane save. I think Buffon couldn't allow himself another embarrassment because he already took a panenka from in the champ in this in the world cup final i don't think he could have lived with another goal like that so uh yeah people kind of forget that zidane did the score of panenka in the world cup final um Giovanni, because everybody thought that it kind of went, went out and then i think yeah that, that kind of killed it that was not the cleanest that was not the cleanest panenka cleanest panenka for me is pirlo against hart after that oh, yeah. hart did not have he was never the same you know I doubt I topped the it one to Vandersar in yes. the Euro 2000. Oh man, I was I I should have yep. bricked when I watched that. I was like, oh my god, you did that. I was like, yeah. That's great. Pen- I, I don't like the new culture of penalties. I don't like the small run up. I don't like the little hop in the we need to go back to either smashing it or giving it give me a panenka. Don't don't give me anything in between. <laughs> What's up? Farha, you got to call it what the Italians call it. It's not panenka. It's cucchiaio. Cucchiaio. Yeah, That's why I fucking love Giovanni. Cucchiaio. Of course, I will, I will guarantee you. I guarantee you I will forget it in five minutes. But thank you. Maybe maybe others. Ooh, maybe we can release shirts with just cucchiaio and a cool Pirlo uh, panenka. I'm giving you, guys free, giving you guys free merch and freaking merch ideas over here. I need to stop selling my game uh giovanni man this was so awesome so good to catch up with you i hope the listeners got a little taste of our uncle geo uh there will be more this was just a conversation and um it's a little different when we have a game to talk about but i'm so so happy that we got a we got a chance to just just talk about football talk about italy and um boys and girls thank you so much I started saying it, but then I interrupted myself because I have ADD. Um, every time, every day, I am thankful for this podcast. And thank you guys so much for being such an important part of my life. Catch us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're trying to switch to Spotify because in Spotify, you can also upload the video. So when you're watching your Spotify, you can also upload the video. As a matter of fact, I will upload this podcast. So if there's any problems, if you see like podcasts popping in and out, 
that's just me trying to test out the new system. So, but hopefully it works. Hopefully you see, Joanne, you're going to be on Spotify, dude. <laughs> like, in what world is like, we are on, on people's screens. Yeah, this crazy times we live in. Yes, sir. Awesome. Giovanni, thank you so much, brother. It's a pleasure, as always. You rock. Boys and girls, stay hydrated. Check on your friends. And Forza Juve.